The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Well, hello, everyone. I'm recording this intro very early in the morning, so please excuse my tired-sounding voice. But I wanted to get this uh, sort of bonus episode out for you guys. What I'm going to be doing, since so many of you have been generous and you're moving over to the uh, $10 tier on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast. A lot of you guys are really moving up there, and that's awesome, man. It really, really helps me out. And so I want to put more content out for the people that do that. For, uh, you know, we did the conversation. A uh, few people showed up. Um, actually, really just three people showed up. Everyone RSVP'd, said they were down to talk on the 29th only a few of you actually did show up but i understand you know uh but you know that the offer is there last saturday every month and we may even do the second and fourth saturdays now so just want to make it uh so that when people are showing up to that ten dollar tier that it'll be worth it you know what i mean um thinking about setting it up so that there's discounts on the website if you buy merch and also working on mystery boxes, which would be a separate tier. Um, you know, maybe you'll get a t-shirt and a book and like, I'm looking around my house, maybe some dog hair, maybe some fingernails, you know, maybe you'll just get some stuff like that. Okay. Now you'll get some cool stuff. Um, just trying to figure out what all I want to throw in this first round of boxes. And, uh, you know, if, if they, uh, keep doing well we'll we'll make some more shit to put in these things uh also every 50 dollars you give on the patreon guys you are um uh, getting a shirt or some sort of uh clothing of some kind okay and uh yeah it's just uh it's a fun thing so what i'm doing here with this episode guys this is with nico from upstate unconventional really really nice dude all about paranormal stuff all about spirituality and Really easy dude to talk to, really nice. He has a past in um, education, so he's got a good way of uh, just kind of listening and, and uh, you know, giving his honest opinions in a very nice and professional way, okay? So the first hour is going to be here for you guys, and the full episode is for the $10 uh, patrons. And I'm going to be doing at least one of those a month where it's like a two-hour long, more conversational not necessarily all conspiracy, but just like, you know, all kinds of topics. Talking with my friends essentially is what it's going to be. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys will enjoy that. But it will definitely be uh, something that you can just kind of listen to in the background and, uh, you know, get some interesting information from different perspectives. And that's what we do this for. So uh, again, full two hours, at least once a month is going to be showing up in that all of the danger tier. So Keeping this intro short, guys, here's the first hour with me and Upstate Unconventional's Nico, and hope to see you over there at Patreon, guys. Thanks for your support. All right, folks, here is Nico from Upstate Unconventional. I'm really excited to talk with you, man. We have uh, done one episode together, and then we've done uh, quite a few just, you know, we talk in in these other little uh, group chats, whether it's talk at the tavern or, uh, you know, the... the, um, uh monday night master master debaters mm-hmm. yeah dude so we're just uh you know always kind of communicating but it is cool to have like some one-on-one time and just chill dude so what's going on with you man what's new over there in uh new york well in new york they just uh ruled that the mask mandate is completely unconstitutional so it's fun dealing with the school district with that see how they uh <laughs> comply to that yeah it's but, a big uh, win for you guys mm-hmm. um because this is the thing, like no one, and I don't really want to talk too much about masks and this type of low vibration stuff, but no one was wearing masks, at least where I'm like, where I am at. Uh, it was pretty much done like from the summertime and everything. And then in December, they put in this emergency order that everyone had to wear a mask again and, you know, all that. And yeah, they just ruled it was unconstitutional. So 
Yeah, dude, you have that and you have OSHA doing the same. Uh, mm-hmm. OSHA supposedly ruled that unconstitutional. And I haven't fact checked this yet, but supposedly the Biden administration is outlawing monoclonal antibodies like hydroxychloroquine, um, ivermectin, things like that. And it's interesting, dude. I was actually just talking with one of my buddies. He got COVID for like third time. I don't know what's going on with him. I had it once and I've been good since then. Um, and I, ha- I can't even prove that I had it. I had I got really sick back in January of 2020. And so I don't know if that was what it was, but I haven't gotten it. And I'm out and about, dude. I don't wear a mask. I don't wash my hands as often as I should. I know that's gross, but it's just kind of, you know, you forget. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, dude, like I've been I've been good. I've actually sat in with my father in a covid ward of a hospital. You know, he went to a hospital because he was having some heart palpitations when he was sick with it and and yeah dude i like i i i'm fine you know so i don't know how people get this thing multiple times but this dude is uh you know he was sick he was coughing up a storm and i told him like hey man like take some of that horse paste even and like rub it on your chest or rub it on your hands rub it on your feet and and see what that does you know what i mean it's not gonna freaking kill you people act like it's gonna kill you to do that and it seems like i've heard nothing but good things uh, of course, not medical advice, but, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, an interesting, interesting deal that they're choosing to ban that now. It, it, same. I haven't fact checked it, but it wouldn't surprise me. But um, just the other day, I had to run into tractor supply and grab some dog food and stuff. And I just went over to see like the ivermectin and everything. They got it behind the locked door the glass thing. They got a big sign on it. It's like not for human consumption. Do not use this. This is not met, you know all these like warning signs and stuff. And it's like, I remember because I used to work with horses years ago. Like you could just go in and just grab that stuff off the shelf. No one paid any attention to it. And now they have it all locked up and looks like the price went up significantly. Yeah. So you know, just, it's, it's interesting. I would. Yeah, man. I mean, I went and got some attractor supply myself uh, a while ago, probably almost, almost a year ago at this point. And, um, it is kind of weird, dude. You can still absolutely get it. I mean, you can just you, oh, yeah. you just got to tell them there's no you don't need a license to own horses or any of that stuff. So, you know, it's uh, it's just fascinating. We're seeing this whole thing unfold and it's I think it's ever evolving and it's going to continue, obviously. But we'll see what happens, dude. The, uh, the reason, though, that obviously we we're getting together to speak tonight was about spiritual stuff. I mean, this is kind of your go to topic. This is like your favorite genre of whether you want to call it conspiratorial, whether you just want to call it, you know, a, a way of life, this is like your bread and butter. It seems to be something that you're fascinated with. And I, th- I think that's great, dude. There's so many different people in different areas of this whole podcast game. And, you know, we've all kind of formed our little cliques, it seems. And there's so many different things. You know, Matt's all obsessed with the, uh, the old world. I'm obsessed with geopolitics. You're you're obsessed, it seems, with spirituality. You got ghosts that's just like very good at connecting with people and, and kind of relating his experiences to what they're going through. Um, I know that we, we kind of talked about this a little bit, dude, but I just want to kind of confirm like I, and for myself, too. Why? Why are you so into spirituality? Like, why are you so you know, it seems like you're really interested in why people think the way that they do. And I know that that was because of your educational background um but yeah what is it man what what draws you to this so for me this is all very new to me a lot of this the new spiritual stuff i'm kind of diving into i've always been well since like 2013 i kind of dived into religion i'll say not spirituality so much but yeah spirituality and the paranormal are like i, I believe the two are very much entwined um for me i had some paranormal very lucid dream that kind of led me down this uh interesting rabbit hole that i ended up in like the hebrew roots movement and i I, when i say i ended up in it i gotta be specific i wasn't like full-fledged into it but i was really starting to adopt these beliefs and starting to live by a lot of these things and it just for lack of a better word i i think it's a cult and i i kind of fell for that and i noticed it brought no real spiritual value to my life it was more just i became someone that was following rules like and i thought i was better than people and i i didn't like the way i felt (laughs) during it and 
it was this form of like righteousness that I had for no reason whatsoever. Like I wasn't being a good person at all. And once I met my wife and had my son and everything, I, I, I got out of it and really changed my whole attitude on things. And she was the complete opposite. You know, she was very much into like the new age stuff, yoga, things like that. So at the beginning of our relationship, it kind of caused a little bit of a, uh, not a problem I'm going to say, but there was definitely some tension there on like, you know, what we we're going to do with the kids. Are we going to raise them? What, Cause she's also a Catholic too, but mm. so, you know, there's a whole mess of stuff and like how we ended our last episode one of the big things that snapped me out of the whole Hebrew roots thing was the whole idea of circumcision because we were having a boy and we had to make that choice. And something in my heart was like telling me, no, this is not the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I was like going through the scriptures and trying, when I say scriptures, I mean like the Torah and things like that, trying to find a loophole really like, is there something in here that's like, it's kind of metaphorically talking. It's not, but there wasn't, and it's all very cut and dry. And Mm -hmm. So we kind of got out of that, but I guess I'll back up a little bit. Um, have you heard my, uh, the lucid dream I had when I was, uh, teaching? Is this what you're talking about with Matt? Um, when you guys did remember. that other thing, cause I know that we, that you guys mentioned a few of your reoccurring dreams. I don't know if this was one of those. No, this one. Well, there's some characters in this dream that did end up reoccurring, but I guess I'll just, uh, I'll say this one. I've told it a couple times, but yeah. I, I'm sure your audience hasn't heard it. Um, so as, as we talked about the last time, oh, and this is something that's kind of funny. Like I think about this probably like once a week from our last uh, podcast together where you said, uh, you know, you got to lower your expectations for people. And <laughs> um, I, I'm being a hundred percent honest here. I started really applying it to like some people I deal with like on a daily basis and, other family members and stuff. And it's really, I really did. I just lowered the expectation and just, and it's made life a lot better. You know, you don't, you don't get as upset with uh, the dumb little interactions you go through with certain people. And uh, yeah, it's just, I've kind of come to that conclusion. Like these people aren't going to change. I almost think, you know, they're kind of like NPC type people and yeah. So yeah, I do think about that at least like is it weird to you sometimes to think of uh cuz you you mentioned family, you you deal with mm-hmm. this with family as well. Is it tough for you to think of some family as NPCs? Like does it bother you or or do you just think like this is the way it is? You know, at first it did. I was like, no, you know, you want to like really they're your family, you know, you yeah. want to stick up for them. But then the more I started thinking about it and really like analyzing all of our past like like every interaction we've had throughout the last, you know, 30 years of my life, it's like, it makes sense. It's like, it was just like a nice little bow on the top of the package. It's like, oh, they've never actually been there. You know, they've never fully been there. And in my opinion, we're never going to connect. We're never going to have that, like, uh, like a conversation like we're having now. Like I can't have that with 99% of my family. My, Mm. My mom and dad are pretty cool. My brother's pretty on board with just about everything, but yeah, all my cousins and stuff. Like, I don't, I don't talk to any of them, barely ever anymore. And is it because you don't get along? Uh, like, you don't see these things eye to eye, or is it because they just don't want to think about these things? It's hard to explain. So, like, I've always been a a weirdo. You know, what I mean, my family's always looked at me as like a very weird person. And hey, me too, buddy. Me too. <laughs> and I've always been like, just like I. I kind of like I am on like the talk shows and the round tables and stuff. I'm always very quiet. You know, I just like to sit down and let people talk. I'm not going to, if someone asks me my opinion, I will definitely tell them my opinion, but a lot of the times it does not jive with what they're, you know, talking about. So I've always just kind of been in the background, not getting too involved with affairs and stuff. But once, once we all started having kids, like the cousins and stuff, like my aunt wanted to start, having like these relationships and then it just a lot of drama, a lot of different nonsense. So, and yeah, once I started talking, they realized quick, like we don't meet eye to eye on most topics that we were talking about. So it's, it was just easier to kind of cut them out of my life in a lot of ways, but I still have to interact with people like through my mom. She's always 
constantly texting me about stuff my cousins are doing and it's like I don't know you know it's just one of those things where it's easier for me and then another big thing too was like when I met my wife it caused a lot of weird tension like in my family Uh, my wife is older than me and uh for some reason and I say my wife but we're not technically married so you know we have a kid together we've been together for over six years now and yeah I mean I'd like to say we're like spiritually married in a sense we uh we're committed there's no anything but that just for some reason pissed off a lot of my extended family members and it caused a weird why because she's older older she had a kid already or she has an adopted son from a previous marriage and I don't know it's just my family's weird like that so it just it was easier to just kind of like not deal they, with that are they Jewish because you mentioned the the idea of the um I forget what you called that the the roots the Jewish what was that called the the Hebrew roots no so that dude that's a whole nother rabbit hole we'll dive down yeah i want to get into that a little bit but so So, uh, yeah i just find it interesting that 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 would be an issue but if they're more conservative uh that would be that would be an issue i guess you know but i I think that that is uh you know that's on them right i mean yeah it's on them it's if as long as you're happy and uh clearly you're not a bad dude you know i think that uh, you know you seem pretty uh seem pretty level-headed you seem calculated in what you say and, you know, I can't speak too concretely because I, I, you know, we met recently and we've talked a handful of times. But, yeah, dude, I, I think that there's a there's something about people they want to see. They're not lowering their expectations for people, dude. They want you to feel they want you to sit exactly the way that they that they see you. You know, if, right. if you do anything that's a little bit different than what they expect, it's like, what the fuck is this dude doing? He's messing up. Yeah. And it's it's so weird because it's like the best way I can describe it is like small town. Like uh, they're not, re- they're conservative, but they're not really conservative. They they don't, they don't really know what their true beliefs are. You know what I mean? A lot of my relatives are very, I would say they're kind of followers, you know, they just kind of go with whatever current trend is trending at the moment and boomers. Yeah. And it's just, it's just interesting because like, again, we don't bother anyone. We just want to be left alone. And it's just like dumb little things, you know, like they'll invite us to something, but they'll do it like last minute. And then we can't come because we live like an hour away and then they get pissed off that we, so it's just a whole bunch of nonsense that is ridiculous. But I found that it's much easier to just kind of cut those ties and (laughs) kind of do your own thing. But yeah, it's just, and the judgmental stuff too, like just strange again it's like who why why do you care who who i'm with and what we're doing with our family and how we decide to live our life and things like that so it is what it is i try not to think too much about it but going off the hebrew roots thing um no that was kind of a big deal because um no one in my family's jewish and i'll just say it you know a lot of my relatives i'm not gonna say racist because that's it's not really a race, but they're very ignorant to things and they don't like, you know, Jews and things like that or black people or, you know, whatever. And yeah. so when I started getting into this stuff, it was like, Oh, Nico's lost his fucking mind. Like what the hell is he doing? You know? Why? Cause you were looking into other religions or races or creeds or I mean, why yeah, I was, I was looking into the Hebrew roots movement. Okay. So the, the Hebrew roots movement from my understanding and what I kind of, learned from it and everything it's it's a form of christianity but they like they say it goes back to the hebrew roots of it so the whole thing is like they say that there was there was no new testament at the time of jesus right yeah it was written after the fact so what was jesus actually teaching so they they claim that jesus was teaching straight from the torah he was teaching the law and all these things and you know at the time it sounded right to me like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Historically. Like what would he have been teaching? And uh, so I started getting into that and you start, it kind of goes into like, I, I fluctuated between like seventh day Advent type people and um, just all those beliefs. And it's, you know, going down the rabbit hole with like the whole, the pagan roots behind holidays, things of that nature, all kind of uh, go into this, but um, I'll, I'll tell how I, kind of came to it so i was always into 
I got really into like ancient aliens and things like that. Right. Uh-huh. And, um, found it fascinating. I started like putting pieces together thinking like, Oh, you know, I'm Greek, you know, with the Greek mythology and stuff, maybe this kind of makes sense. Why some of these, uh, Greek gods and everything were, were the way they were, maybe they were aliens or some type of interdimensional or extraterrestrial being and stuff like that so i started kind of going down that pretty hardcore and believing all that stuff the zachariah sitchin stuff the ancient aliens theories and not to cut you off dude i just actually found a book from him uh at a used bookstore for like two bucks it's like about the genesis of man and and aliens Mm -hmm. really cool it's, it's pretty fascinating stuff i mean like it's some of it makes sense but it when you think about it it all kind of goes back to the idea that something created us you know like it has to be it has right. to be not just some even if it was just mold if we grew from mold and we evolved over billions of years what made that mold man you know what i mean like, like something had to spark something to you know start this whole shit show that we live in but uh yeah. it, it's just fascinating to me and then like i start thinking about evolution and things like i, I look at my son right from an evolutionary standpoint it's like you watch a baby deer or a cow or some type of livestock or animal be born, they can walk within 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, a human baby, my son is four, going to be five. And he's still, I love him to death, but like in, in terms of practicality and survivability, I don't see how he could ever survive without it, you. It, yeah, yeah. Without me or a tribe of people or a family unit. Like it just makes no sense how for me at least how this evolution thing could have happened. So I do believe that something maybe altered our DNA or there was some type of creator that started this whole thing. It's just one of those rabbit holes. I kind of think about often. Do you think and, that uh, the Neanderthals were a thing like the cavemen and all that stuff? I do. I do think that um, it's funny. My wife, uh, her mother actually did a, one of those ancestry tests. And I did one of those too. We can get I, know, I remember you told us and Davey was on there. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, it was so funny what he said. Dude. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, so like my wife's, uh, my mother-in-law, she has some Neanderthal DNA. And I, I don't think that Neanderthal were anything different. I, I do believe they were just humans. You know, a lot of people say they're like part ape or part something. I think it was just, just another faction of humans another region that people came from you know they have they tend to have like the red hair and things like that um yeah i I mean they might have looked a little different possibly they might have had a little different bone structure i don't really know because you know the history is so muddy with all that stuff but you know enough people have neanderthal dna where I, i don't i think they had to be mostly human you know but yeah yeah i do believe yeah dude i think you know it's interesting that you say that you know because the the classic pictures that we see of these neanderthals they they're ugly i mean they look Mm -hmm. they look like apes right they have the unibrows almost they have really just hard features the 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 protruding brow the you know their eyes are a little closer together i think and this is something that i've thought about actually quite a bit is like you know if, if everyone came from one set of people if you're going to follow this christian idea that you know there was adam and eve and then obviously there was a few other people involved too you know lilith was one of these freaky weird uh characters but you know if everyone's coming from adam and eve there's a lot of inbreeding going on back then right Mm -hmm. and so these people are gonna look ugly and i and you know people are getting more and more attractive as you know, the generations kind of, you know, the the waters are unmuddied, so to speak. You know, some of the most attractive people are like when a white person gets with like a black person, you know what I mean? And like these mixed kids, um, if you're pure white, if you're pure English, I mean, just look at the royal family, dude. This is what you right. get. There's a lot of inbreeding there still, and they are not attractive. Um but- but the whole idea of attractive is is very interesting too because like sure. if you look if you look back in history like what was attractive in the 1800s you know big old what, fat what, white chicks right like so what we think of as attractive nowadays you know would that be attractive to someone 100 years ago 200 years ago a thousand years ago it's sure. hard to it's hard to narrow that down but i know what you mean though like and uh yeah i mean i've i've read stuff too like in the next 100 or 200 years everyone's going to be like a mulatto color you know it, we're yeah. all going to be pretty much mixed 
Like but, the uh, that South Park dude, I've been freaking quoting South Park so much, but there's that Gooback episode that they they have where it's like everyone speaks these weird languages. It's a mix of every language. They all look the exact same because it's like once you get everything, like once once everything is unmuddied, uh, everyone's gonna look the same. You know what I mean? And it is funny that you bring that up. You know, there was like this idea that you know fat women were very attractive back in like the 17, 1800s and so on. And then you get really skinny girls are like the hot ones, right? Really like light skin. And now it seems like, you know, mixed chicks with big fat asses are what's hot now, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe the Kardashians, maybe culture kind of kicks that off and and really kind of spurs that on. But it's still the status quo. It's I mean, most people are going to agree that, yeah, Kim Kardashian is hot. Now, you may get your people out there that are like, no, dude, she's fake and blah, blah, blah. Or what, you know, pick a pick one of these celebrity chicks that is widely considered attractive. Um, And then, I mean, people have plastic surgeries just to try and look like these girls. You know what I mean? So there's something to be said about like, yeah, why? Why do we see this as attractive when clearly, I mean, now anyone can look any way that they want if they got the money to do it. So, right an interesting thing that you just brought up but yeah sorry yeah, and then no it's fine it, it, i watched something uh probably a couple of years ago now but it was like the history of sex or something like that and it's statistically throughout history the hourglass shape has been a sign of like attractive you know what i mean like symmetry like someone's face that's very symmetrical is sure. always considered attractive the hourglass shape on a female is always considered attractive the kind of triangle shape on a male, like the broader shoulders is considered more attractive. And it's, I think it does go back from a adaptation type thing. Like if you were in a tribe of people or you're living outside or whatever it is back in the day, you would, the the hourglass shape kind of showed, you know, uh, childbearing hips and things like that. And the broad shoulders was a stronger man. You know what I mean? So it's, it is interesting how those kind of those trends or those, uh, beliefs kind of stick through history like pretty much universally and subconsciously you know? almost right yeah it's like it's uh burned into our dna almost like this is like a, an attractive mate like this is someone that's going to bring you children or you know what i mean it's it's it's, it's very interesting to think about that kind of stuff well dude i remember the last time we talked we got into some weird stuff towards the end and uh i figured we might as well just get into the weird stuff right now let's do it what do you think the whole homosexuality thing is you know what i mean because i find it fascinating that it goes against nature it really does now i'm not saying that it's wrong uh we had this long talk on uh i think it was talk at the tavern this last one i don't think that that uh ghost has released that yet but you know the the way that things are right now versus 200 years ago the way that we view homosexuality it's very liberal right like homosexuality is widely accepted i remember growing up in the 90s my dad was very skeptical and very sketched out of gay people, right? Gay dudes, especially. It was just like, what, what, what the hell's going on here? And now he's totally on board. Like, he's like, yeah, dude, if you know, as long as you're consenting adults, go for it, right? Now, this was not the case for anyone 100, 200 years ago. Now, it wasn't even the case for everybody in the 90s. And now, yes, there are still some people that are like, now, fuck that, you know, gay people should not be able to marry, whatever. But my my point when we were talking over uh, on Ghost Show was that where's pedophilia going to end up in 100 years or 200 years from now? You know what I mean? It seems like this is going to be 100% the same way that we view homosexuality. And again, not bashing gay people, dude. I have gay listeners, lesbian listeners, whatever. I think that, like I said, I view it that way. If you're an adult and you're consenting with another adult, do your thing, man. Shove things inside of each other. Do whatever you want. But where do we draw that line, dude? Are we are we down a, a negative track where, you know, pedophilia is being pushed? And um, where is that going to end up in a few years? But before we get into that, I just I, I, I want to get your take on the homosexuality stuff. Like, is that is there something traumatic that goes on? Because I have noticed a lot of gay people have traumatic childhoods, right? Whether their parents aren't there um whether they the parents are abusive um there seems to be something usually within these gay folks that that uh they had they had something wrong with them in their childhood not because of their fault mostly because of their parents though yeah and i mean this might sound unpopular but i I do believe 
the whole the, the gay culture we're seeing now is is very uh created by culture you know what i mean like they're pushing the whole feminine male the whole and, and that's a whole nother rabbit hole like these men embracing their feminine sides and things like that which i think there is a, a balance that you need to have i think you know men should be a little more compassionate but at the same time we do still need men that want to go to war you know men that want to be men do manly things i guess yeah. is archaic as that might sound but so i think you're right i i i think homosexuality homosexuality has been around forever i mean we see it throughout history everywhere you know i think i think it is what it is i, I have no issues with people being gay whatsoever i want to put that out there just for the start of it but at the same time i i at least for men you know i, I look at it as more like recreational like are you really I do believe like in our biology, deep down in everyone's DNA, you want to reproduce or you want to have some type of offspring. And I don't know. I, I just, I think it's, I think a lot of it is manufactured. I think a lot of people, like you said, with this trauma and stuff, they find a community that accepts them and they jump into it, you know? Yeah. And again, maybe that's an unpopular belief. And like I said, I have no issues with gay people whatsoever, but I, I would often wonder and ask, like, how many people are, are you truly attracted to the other sex? Or is it like just a, a comfort thing? Like this, this person, you, you connected with them and you're just settling for the first thing that comes your way. You know what I mean? No, I hear you, dude. That's, I've thought the same thing because a lot of these people are uh, awkward, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially dudes like you said and it's so easy for us guys to be like dude why the why the hell would another like what a dude like another dude but i can kind of understand why a chick would like another chick you know what i mean because that's just the way that we see women it's like yeah there is something clearly attractive about women as a whole mm -hmm. um men are so gross dude like they're we're just yeah. nasty creatures there's nothing attractive i've never seen a dude and been like that's interesting you know what i mean like yeah. th there's nothing about uh, we're hairy we're mm -hmm. fuck. we stink you know what i mean we're just gross but you know women like that um not the stinky part but you know for some well, reason there's, there's there's something with the stink man i mean if you get into, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, the pheromones yeah. and everything like that like it's it's a it's a real thing i mean it's it goes back to again adaptation evolution whatever you want to call it but it, it is fascinating that you just kind of brought that up because like <laughs> as gross as it is man like me and my wife, we, you know, we like the way we smell sometimes. Like there's this weird pheromone connection there and it might sound nasty. And I mean, we're not like doing nasty things with that, but it's like <laughs> her, her, her body odor doesn't bother me. I'll put it that way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say it's like amazing all the time, but it's like, like if you walk by me and you stunk, I'd be like, Oh dude, that's nasty. But like, there's something about that connection where when you're with someone and you can stand their BO, yeah. it, there's something to that. So I don't, huh? it's it, i mean if we're gonna jump into weird screwed up topics let's just go it balls deep into it but yeah with the gay thing i just i don't know man i i just for me I, i'm the same way i've never really i've never looked at a man and been like oh yeah i want to have sex with that person like, that's well never yeah or anything. <laughs> right it's like but at the same time too like you if you really want to look at like what we do i mean we got a bunch of guys together. We all sit around, we talk on these like zoom meetings and stuff like from an outside perspective, you know, someone might look at them and be like, that's kind of a uh, kind of gay. gay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, dude, no, I mean, you know, it's just, a, it's, it's a, that's funny that you say that too. Cause I was just talking about that with the whole, you know, skirmish that went down a while ago. You know, these mm -hmm. people are acting like this whole podcasting thing is like a freaking mafia and we're a bunch of nerd freak, like, you know, if this was going on, it, you know, podcasting has become something that's kind of cool now. A lot of people enjoy mm -hmm. listening and then, you know, a ton of people are making them now. You know, back the, the the first people that were making podcasts, with the exception of like Rogan and Corolla and all these people, those were hardcore nerds, dude. I mean, like there was no they weren't they didn't have any real friends in, in you know, like the real world. They were just freaking out there, you know, kind of like World of Warcraft type shit. You know what I mean? It was all just a bunch of nerds. and. Um, you know, I, I wanted to kind of go back to one thing that you said about like, you know, it's instinctive to want to bring children into the world and the kid, you know, pass your genes on and all that stuff. I have always wanted to have a child, but lately 
I cannot imagine having one, man, because of the state of the world and the the you know I I dig really deep into these, you know, like I said, geopolitics is like my it suits my fancy. I'm fascinated with the way that you know these people. It seems like our our positions in life are sort of predetermined. Um, you know that movie Snowpiercer, where everyone has their preordained position and everyone fits in this certain spot. Um, yes, it's a fictional movie, but we see a lot of these things kind of come to fruition in real life and, you know, art imitates life and vice versa. I can't imagine bringing a child into the world right now. You said your, your son's four. Um, yeah. no, this is something different because, you know, I'm, I'm sure that not a bone in your body regrets having a kid, but are you nervous with, yeah, with the way that the world is? And dude, honestly, I mean, this is, let's do some shadow work here. You know, I had this conversation with my wife too. I mean, we're really considering homeschooling for my four-year-old, you know, and uh, it's one of those things where we, we talk sometimes. And uh, like you said, I mean, I, I would never change it for the world. I love my son to death. You know, he's honestly the best thing that's happened to me ever. But if I, if I went back, I don't know, would I have a kid? I really don't know if I would. Wow, you that's know? crazy to hear, dude. That's in, that's honest of you, honestly. I, I mean, I'm not saying that like you're saying anything definitively, but I've just never heard anyone say that, and that's actually really, really cool and interesting that you say that. And again, I'm saying it from a pure like survival kind of shadow work type thing. Like if if I had a crystal ball and I knew what was coming down the pike, yeah. you know, back in 2016, I don't know if we would have made that decision to have a child. I really, I I don't. It's fascinating. You know? And. Again, I would never change anything for the world, and I hope I don't put any like bad juju or anything out there saying stuff like that. But it's a real like I wouldn't have another one. I got a vasectomy after my son was born because I, I just I didn't want to have another kid after that, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's something. So like I, I've had this conversation kind of like with my brother because you know my parents are pushing. My brother's younger than me. He's never had a girlfriend. You know, he, he's there's no aspects of him having like a child anytime soon. Really, And I mean, unless he's got something in the works, but you know, like my mom will say stuff like that. And I'm thinking like, don't push it on him. You know what I mean? Like right now is not really like the best time to do that, you know? And, and like, I've heard interesting stories, like going back to like my cousins and stuff, they just had a kid and with all the like shots and things like, again, it's another one of those things. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I, if I've, I had to start right now and I didn't have a son, I probably would not have a child at this moment in time. But again, it's, I'm in this position. I have my son. I I love him to death. I would never trade anything for the world. So I have to now make sure I make every decision right moving forward. Like, and that's why I kind of like homeschooling has popped up as a topic, you know, because I have him in a private uh, preschool right now. And even that's pushing some interesting agendas that I'm not totally cool with. You know, and he still has examples. Well, so it's a Catholic school, right? And we're we're debating if we're going to keep him in the Catholic school or not. Because again, just from my experience in the public school system, I don't want him going into public school whatsoever. And I thought maybe having him in a Catholic, a private school, might be a little better. But I mean, they're doing a unit on polar bears right now, and they're really pushing this climate change agenda thing Uh, with four-year-olds. And it's like, you know. I just don't, I know it's not true. So it's like, I have to do all this deep programming with my four-year-old as soon as he gets home, because he's talking about how all the polar bears are going to die because the ice caps are melting and, you know, the cars are bad for the environment and things like that. And it's like, why are they pushing this at a private school on four-year-olds? You know, he should be learning his freaking ABCs and learning how to write his name. And at a Catholic school, you know, a Catholic school, it seems like, you know, climate change is a scientism thing. And it's just, and and I say scientism intentionally, not science. It's scientism. It's a, it's a religion. It seems dude, scientism Mm -hmm. and dude, it's funny, you know, that they choose polar bears to talk about this thing, dude. Like I'm sure that they're pushing the idea of the polar bear. It's like the Coca-Cola polar bear, this Mm -hmm. sweet polar bear. That's so benign. It's just a really nice little creature that just minds its own business. Uh, Dude, polar bears are the most vicious killers most violent vicious killers out there dude mm-hmm. i mean maybe take a honey badger or a hippopotamus which is another one of those cute animals that like will just kill you but i heard some you know polar bears are the only wild animal that'll go out of their way to hunt a human and yeah. yes it's because of the climate and all these things but 
you know, I wonder why they don't take like black bears or grizzly bears or or, or penguins if we're talking about the ice caps and nothing, you know, other animals, but they take this, you know, big white bear that looks so nice in the ways that it's seen. That's just not the case, dude. So it's just kind of interesting. Like it'd be kind of funny to show a show a, a group of, you know, four year olds, a polar bear freaking mauling a seal and be like, we're trying to save these things. You know what I right. mean? It's like, I understand that, yes, they have their place in, in nature, but who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Like, well, that's that, my and, thing. <laughs> and that's, again, it's like, well, let's just say all this is real and, and the climate is heating up and these bears are dying. Why, why is it that important? You know, I mean, a million species go extinct all the time. Yeah. And it's like, why are we fighting so hard? So, again, it's just like, it's it's just disappointing you know and they're really pushing it's just so interesting they're pushing outer space and planets and stuff at this catholic school and i'm not i was a flat earther at one point i'm i'm on the fence now of what it actually is Uh, i'm not gonna die on any hills with that but it's just interesting all these things that they're pushing in this catholic school that don't do anything with the christian faith at all you know and it's yeah i don't know so that and then you know there's just different like ideologies like they're making them wear masks and stuff and mm. you know like i said it's like does a four-year-old really need to wear a mask and if if they start pushing any other mandates or stuff then we'll probably have to pull the plug and homeschool them but <clears throat> well it's clearly messing with their um it messes with their intelligence you know what i mean at that age you're, you're gauging what people's facial expressions are and even us as adults, we do this and we're learning every day. But at that age, dude, it's so critical. You know what I mean? It's so critical to know like, hey, I said this and I, I said it in this tone. And like you pick up little micro expressions from people, especially as a child. I feel like you pick mm-hmm. those up more. Well, And it's interesting you bring that up because my son is, again, I'm not like sitting here bragging like my son's a genius, but he's a very smart kid. He's very, he's one of the biggest kids in his class, but he is over the top now with facial expressions. Like when we're home, I mean, it's like insane. Like he goes like acting almost, you know, with anything. And I think it is like an adaptation from having to wear a mask at school. So when he's talking with us and we're home and he doesn't wear one, when we go out and stuff, he's really expressive and over the top. So I wonder if that is like a a byproduct of not getting that in the socialization process. And now he's, or maybe he's just a goofy kid that likes to do that. I don't know, but it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, dude. I mean, I don't know. I, that's, that's my big problem with it, but I'm just curious as to like how other people, you know, kind of try and guide their kids through life, you know, 2016, 2015, 2014, those are tough times to have kids. And even, you know, after I think moving forward, unless the stuff that we're seeing out of Canada with the trucker strikes, if this, if these mandates end, um, I think that that maybe it'll be a beautiful time, a truly beautiful time to have have kids. Um, but yet it's just it, it's got to be stressful for for new parents and, and things like that. So I'm I'm holding out, but I'm not saying that I'll never do it. I'll never have a kid. I, I'd love to have a child. Uh, I would I was about to say you're lucky that you had a boy. I think I think that, that is much easier than a girl. Um, but I, I'm talking out of line here. I don't know. I, I, I've never had either one. But it's it's at least you can have a boy, and you said he's a big boy too. So it's like, dude, he's probably gonna be fine compared to like you know you you gotta worry about girls, dude. Like even my dogs, I got a, a boy dog and a girl dog. The girl freak, I'm so concerned with what's going on with her. You know what I mean? The boy, I'm just like, oh, he's fine. You know what I mean? So it's just mm-hmm. it's this yeah. weird thing, and I think that that goes back to some of that old time shit too, where it's like you know the men want to want to protect the women and and it's just crazy dude it's it's a weird little uh situation that we find ourselves in but it is man it is because again like you said i'm the same way it's just like yeah he's he's big you know and he's almost as big as his 11 year old brother i mean they're oh, about really? a foot they're about a foot apart they have almost the same size shoes i mean he's he's a big kid he weighs like 65 pounds he's almost four feet tall at four years old so i oh, wow. i know he's going to be big you know I'm not super tall. I'm six foot tall. My wife is five, six, but she's got big relatives on her side. I have big relatives on my side. So I think he's going to be a tall kid and all that. But yeah, man, if I, if, I mean, I'm the same way with like my female dog. I'm very, yeah, you know, like I don't hit my dogs, but like my big guy, like I'll just, you know, bounce him. You know, if he jumps up, I'll push him down and stuff. But with the female, it's like, 
<laughs> you yeah. know, it's a, it's totally sexist and whatnot, but it's like <laughs> I'm much, much more protective of her and like, oh, no, no, no. It's just trying to take like a more loving approach and stuff like that. But yeah, dude, it's it's interesting. But um, yeah, dude. Yeah, it, it it I wonder how that ties into evolution too. There's got to be some connection there. But I you know, I I'm more uh you know, I wanted to kind of get back to this whole uh you know, spiritual discussion. You were kind of yeah. asking me a little bit about like why I'm leaning towards Christianity and all this shit. Um the only reason and it's not a good reason, but the only reason that I'm really kind of leaning into that is because of the persecution and the things that I'm seeing on TV, um on the news on social media um and then looking into like the whole freemasonry thing the freemasonry against the church i consider both of these organizations pretty evil i mean you know obviously low levels of both of them are are benign right i mean low level freemasons the 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 um uh what do you call them the lodge down the street from your community is probably full of a lot of people that have good intentions right and they probably don't even know the extent of what it's all about and maybe they do i mean maybe i'm ignorant for thinking that these masons don't even know what they're really up to but the no, same it's, with the cast- it's, it's it's true you know like i've met a few people that are in it it's more of like a like a business networking type thing you know for these low-level people they go they they give referrals to people it's it's like uh just like that it's like networking you know and it, yeah it's like a club a fraternity type thing but yeah i i, I would agree that most lower level people probably have no clue really what's going on behind the scenes they just may have been in a frat in college or something and wanted to continue on with that you know well and when you grow up in those kinds of organizations like if even if it is a fraternity in college you don't even really look into the negative sides of it right now i'm not saying fraternities Mm -hmm. are negative now if we're talking about skull and bones or or you know uh freaking what was the one the sphinx society out of pennsylvania some of these are are pretty darn sinister right but then you know you have you just you know at the u of a down the street from me there, I, there's nothing that i know about that that's really dark that they're up to with the frats and the sororities but who am i to say um when you're when you're growing up in these things and you make a lot of friends you have a lot of positive experiences there's no reason you want to rock the boat there's no reason that you want to be like dude these guys are up to some shady shit but you know with the freemasons in the catholic church right like the Catholics feel that the whole purpose of the Freemasons was just to, to ruin organized religion. And, you know, we used to think that organized religion would be the downfall of society. you know, my father said that to me multiple times uh, until social media came around and he's like, Oh, never mind, It's social media. That's going to be what really ruins society. And um, there's something to be said about the way that the Freemasons and organized religion go at it because supposedly they think that, you know, Catholics specifically, they think that the goal of Freemasonry is to take a Catholic or a Christian, turn them into a deist, turn that deist into an atheist, and then turn that atheist into a Satanist or a Luciferian. And supposedly they have hard proof that, you know, organized religion isn't the move. Uh, some people will go as far as saying that they have proof that Jesus Christ was never a thing, which, you know, I, I'm not going to die on that hill. I have no freaking idea. Um, but I do also find the same problems with organized religion where it's like, are these people just paranoid, man? Like who cares? Like, can't, can't your religion, if you know the one and true way, the only way to operate in life, can it stand up to a little bit of scrutiny? Can't the Freemasons say that your God or your your Messiah is not real and you have some proof yourself or you have a system that can that can disprove that? But it just seems like it's all it's all dogma. It's all dogmatic shit where it's like, dude, everyone wants to believe what they want. And and people's beliefs are pretty fragile. And that's why they don't want to have discussions and debates. And I think that it's really bad for society as a whole. But uh, I don't know just what your thoughts are on that on that kind of stuff. I mean, a lot of that, I think, is kind of like a psyop in a sense. I mean, there's always got to be a boogeyman. So someone's got to be trying to destroy something else. Um, Do I think Freemasons, do some of them probably want to destroy the Catholic Church? Sure. Just like, you know, Catholics want to destroy anything that's not Catholic. Exactly. Um, What's so interesting, though, is like my wife grew up Catholic. She went to Catholic school. She's never opened a Bible in her life. You know? 
Yeah. And they don't, if you actually read the Bible, there's a lot in there that pretty much warns you against organized religion. You know, the core message is the church is in the heart. And it, it, if you get into some of the uh, like Eastern spirituality stuff, it, it lines up with the Bible and the whole chakra system, right? Uh, the church is in the heart and you get to heaven. Heaven is the third eye and the crown chakra opening up. Uh, if you look at it from that perspective. So Interesting. Um, this is something I'm kind of starting to really look into and see because, you know, the whole Jacob's ladder thing is going up the spinal cord, things, things of that nature. Um, again, I'm, I'm very new to this idea, so I, I'm not an authority to speak on it at all, but it makes sense to me because, I mean, you can read that it says in any book by Paul or pretty much like you don't need a church to worship God. So the whole idea of <clears throat> going to a church and I get the whole community sense of it. I, I get that there's power in prayer and, you know, community and things like that. I'm not bashing that at all. And I think most Catholic people probably are good and have good intentions, or most people that attend any church probably have at least good intentions in their heart. But then, you know, you see the people that go to church on Sundays and they go to the diner afterwards and they harass the shit out of the waitress. And it's yeah. like, you know, so it's very hypocritical in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I never had good luck in church. I've never enjoyed it. I was always very scared. I was, I was baptized Greek Orthodox when I was five years old and it was a pretty traumatic event. Uh, it's funny now I can like look back and laugh at it, but, uh, so my parents never had me, uh, baptized or christened or whatever they want to call it. And my grandmother who was Greek was not having that. So they made a decision that they were going to have me baptized at five years old. And it was supposed to be a very simple thing where uh, the priest was just going to say whatever he says, sprinkle some water on my head and call it a day. Right. And my brother, so I was five and my brother was about three, two and a half, three years old. And so they did it together. And my grandmother was like, no, 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 it's got to be done the right way. So I'm standing up there in front of the church and like my dad's side of the family's on one side, my, my mom's side, the Greek side is on the other side. And uh, all of a sudden, the priest just like grabs me, right? And they they pull this white robe that I was wearing off. And now I'm just in my underwear. I'm wearing freaking Lion King underwear, little, uh, <laughs> what are they called? Uh, tidy whities and stuff. And they're picking me up and they're trying to dunk me in this little bird bath at five years old. By your feet? I, they, they grab me by my arms and my feet. And they're trying to dunk me into this because my grandmother talked to the priest and was like, no, we're not doing this like sprinkle water on his head. That's not how you do it. it so, wow. So they're doing this and I'm freaking out now. So I'm kicking and screaming and just like, <laughs> so it looks like there's a full blown exorcism going on in the church. My dad's side of the family is like appalled and freaking out. And then the Greek side goes like full gladiator style. And they're like screaming and like, yeah, do it, do it. So it's just absolute insanity in the no church. Way. And then they put the communion in my mouth and I spit it out. I mean, it was a nightmare, right? And then I run out of the church, like it, all the way down the aisle into the front. My mom's chasing after me. They like find a towel somewhere and they're drying me off. It, it was just an absolute nightmare, dude. And and so like my brother's freaking out too. Now he was like three years old. He's starting to cause a scene. It, it was just a total nightmare. <laughs> Damn, dude. That is fucking nuts, honestly. Like, and you remember that still? Uh, it's probably one of the first memories I have. And this is another interesting thing. Like, with uh, childhood memories, I don't know how you are with this, but I don't remember, like, I had I had a good childhood. Let me just start with that. I, I never yeah. really lacked anything. I wasn't, you know, my family's middle class. We had basically anything we wanted, but I don't have any good memories of childhood. Everything is very it's a moment of me crying. It's a moment of shame. It's something like that. And I don't know if that's just me or if it's something that we kind of do as a culture, but I don't have a whole lot of good memories from childhood. <laughs> wow. I don't know what it is. So that's, that's something I'm kind of like working through, but man, that's funny, dude. I, I, I you know, it, it is kind of good that you can laugh about that. Cause it is kind of like, it seems traumatic as hell, dude. But yeah, you would seem that you would, uh, honestly, as a child, I think that most people remember more of the negative stuff. One of my first memories was in Disneyland riding the Pinocchio ride and this whale, you know, the whale that, that swallows mm -hmm. Pinocchio or whatever, uh, pops up 
and looks like it's going to eat you when you're driving by in the car. That was one of my first memories and it scared the shit out of me. Um, you know, but yeah, it was like negative things that you remember. I remember sitting on Santa's lap screaming as a, as a, you know, young toddler and things, but, uh, yeah, same, same here, dude. Not too many positive things I remember as a child. And I had a great childhood. My parents are super supportive of everything that I do. And they're, they're extremely, extremely good. I couldn't ask for better parents. But uh, but yeah, dude, there's something about just like getting the shit scared out of you when you're a kid. You remember that that stuff sticks with you, and and same as an adult, dude. Like you, you remember you never forget things that scare you. You know, fear or- is a much more. It's probably the most potent emotion that you can have, right? I mean, like I know when you're when you're talking about like the stock market, that's why like the you know the the, the market will fall quicker than it rises. You know, you can wipe out years of gains in days just because uh you know fear is a much more potent emotion than greed even you know what i mean so yeah fear fear sticks with us dude and it's it's interesting too even like with like social media and stuff you can get a hundred comments that are all positive like yeah you know you get one negative one though that's the one you remember and it's like and i think that's why fear like you said is such a powerful tool and that's why these uh whoever is in charge elites whatever you want to call them uh that's why they they really push it so hard and it kind of goes back to like the religion too like true spirituality to me is is escaping from fear and every experience i've i've dealt with in a, in a church or people i know that go to church it's all very fear based you know you got to do this or you're going to hell you got to do this or you're you know you got to follow this rule you got to live this righteous way and to me i think I want to get your opinion on this because I do believe that we innately, and maybe some people don't, I think we innately have a, a good moral compass as human beings. You know, like even my four-year-old, he'll know if he does something wrong without me telling him. Like, and I don't know if that's just social conditioning, if it's just me raising him right, but like he knows when he does something wrong because. Like even a dog knows when they do something wrong. I was, you, you took the words right out of my mouth, dude. I was going to say the exact same thing. Like a dog can take some food off your plate and it knows that it fucked up. You know what I mean? Like you don't even have to say anything. You can just like, kind of like barely when you look over and the dog's already like, you mm-hmm. know, crouching down. It's like, Oh shit. As far as, you know, people having a good moral compass. I do think that that's true, man. You know, I used to not think that I used to think that people were kind of inherently bad and they needed religion. But I think that that is social conditioning. I think that the reason that we think that we need religion is because um, of this fear tactic uh, that hell's a thing, right? You can make murder 100% legal, and I wouldn't want to kill anybody. You know what I mean? Personally. Now, some people may want to. Um, I would imagine as bad as it sounds to say, I'm sure that murder is probably one of the most addictive things that you can get into, right? If someone was to kill somebody, I could see why that might be a rush for someone that is is off, right? Um, I don't know if you ever used to like burn Pokemon cards or like a pyromaniac type shit. Like I used to, I used to take baseball cards and Pokemon cards and just burn them and just like be infatuated with the flames and i was like oh my god i know i'm not supposed to be doing this but dude like i would literally take like some great pokemon cards that i had and burn them because it was like that was like my version of like something really bad that i was doing and i knew that i liked these things but it was like fuck yeah i'm doing something bad and it was like you know that whole rebellious thing of like a kid growing up in the 90s and all that shit but um yeah, I think that people tend to be good. You can make meth legal. You can make coke legal. I wouldn't want to do any of that stuff. I've I've still never tried cocaine in my entire life. Uh, part of the reason is because I think I'd like it. I'd probably get addicted to it. So I haven't I haven't done it. Um, but there are different personality types out there, right? Maybe you make meth legal and meth becomes the worst freaking thing, you know, the worst epidemic that we ever have. Um, I don't know, though, because... <clears throat> Yeah, well, I mean, it could because, you know, people do drink still and people die of alcohol all the time. Um, it's so I funny like my booze. I did, too, <laughs> back in the day. You quit? But, uh, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, that's another story we can get into because it kind of goes in with the spiritual stuff, too. But um, 
Yeah, man. It's so funny. Cause I was the complete opposite dude. I was so like obsessed with like my toys and my personal things as a little kid. Like I, they were like little treasures I held, but something with the fire, like we always used to go camping growing up and yeah. there is something very primal and uh, infatuating with lighting things on fire. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, it, maybe that makes us sound like sociopaths or psychopaths or whatever, but I, I mean, fire is like a gun, you know, it, it can be good or it could be bad. If you use fire to burn down someone's house, it's a bad thing. It, if you're using fire to warm your house, to keep your family warm in the winter, it's a great thing. So cook food. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that's just very fascinating. And I, I can only imagine, I try to put myself into like scenarios, like thinking like a primitive man, like finding fire, like this is, this, this is your, your life. Like this is what's gonna, you know, yeah, it's almost it's like you don't survival. want that fire to burn out. Like if lightning strikes and you see that shit, you're you're trying to do what you can to, to keep that fire going. And yeah, dude, like we went to the wild camping. All right, the rest of the conversation is over at patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast under the $10 tier, along with lots of other bonus content that is going to be coming around for all of you hardcore DWP supporters. So hope to see you there, guys, and thank you so much for your support.